the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The significance of Jesus being a man is what we're talking about here today on Truth For Today as Pastor Phil Howard returns us to the book of Hebrews. Join us. The soul that sins will surely die, and it is that soul found within a man that is the one that commits that sin, that offense to God, therefore requiring man to bear the punishment. So why does God become a man? Well, I think we've just answered that question, haven't we? And the writer of Hebrews does an amazing job of explaining it for us. Welcome to Truth For Today. Pastor Phil Howard returns us to Hebrews chapter 2 as we take a look at the man who is God and why God became man. Here's Pastor Phil with today's program. He did something to death and the devil when he came. The fourth reason he came as a man was to defeat death and the devil. And look what it says. These passages, I hope you just chew on them for the holiday. They're so profound. This poor stammering lip of mine can barely articulate it. He said that through death he might destroy, not annihilate. The word means to render inoperative. He might render inoperative the one who has the power of death. And I'm expecting him to say, that is God. What did he say? That is the devil. You mean the devil has got power in the realm of death? He sure did. For sure before the cross. You mean, did the devil kill people? If he had power in the realm of death, he did. He killed the whole race in Genesis 3 by talking us in doing the thing that would bring our death. We were doing fine in the garden until the voice of the devil showed up. And he said, eat it, it won't kill you. Do it, it won't hurt you. You liar. You murderer. I've been burying loved ones ever since because we bought the lie. And you killed the race with a lie. God won't judge you for your sin. He will judge you for your sin. There's no escape from the judgment, do you, except in the one who came. If you don't flee to Jesus, you will die for your sins. And Satan brought death and destruction. For Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. But the thief comes to kill, to murder, and destroy. If you're in the hands of Satan, he's out to kill you. But Jesus said, I came to render him inoperative. You remember Job? That in all of his suffering, God had to tell the devil, and you can't kill him. You can touch his body. You can take his health. You can take his children. You can take his wealth. But you can't kill him. 
Why did he say that? Because he knew it's what the de- uh, Job, the devil wanted to kill him, but God put the restraint. But Jesus forever changed the cemetery for his own. He forever, forever changed death for the believer. And that instead of it being the most terrifying moment in our existence, we have yet to see what the presence of Christ will do for us in our dying hour. He said, who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Can you imagine? We were enslaved to the fear of death before Jesus came. You know, we've got Psalms 23 that's been used at a uh, a, a million funerals, as it were. Uh, what did they do in the Old Testament? Some were not sure of the resurrection, although God hinted at it in Daniel 12, Isaiah 28, different verses. But there was this fear of death and the cemetery that Jesus forever changed for his own. My father used to say, when Jesus died, He installed lights in the cemetery. It's all lit up for us now. He installed lights. Do you get it? I mean, do you believe what we're reading? I'm not making this up, am I? I'm reading the verse. If you can interpret it better, run up here right now. Lay it on us. I, I, I stagger at what it's saying. It's amazing. Then he says... For surely it is not angels that he helps. (laughs) But he helps the offspring of Abraham. Now Galatians 3 said we're related to Abraham as the children of faith in the sense of spiritual seed. But of course he had physical descendants. I think it applies to all that know the God of Abraham. He helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. Jesus came to be qualified to represent us to God. And... uh, you know, the high priest in the Old Testament on the Day of Atonement, the 14th day of Nisan, once a year, that high priest's job was twofold. He was to represent us, the worshiper, to God. And then he was to represent God to the worshipers. So it goes this way. For me to be represented, what did the high priest have to bring? had to bring a bloody sacrifice because God says your sin has kept you from just coming to me without a sacrifice. Someone has to die for me to accept that to let you in to my presence. So he goes in there with fear and trepidation. Some, many stories, Josephus and others say they tied ropes around high priests in case they were killed so they could drag them out from underneath the curtain. It was a dangerous assignment. Because if he was defiled ceremonially, any disqualified, God could kill him on the spot. So it's dangerous. He would come in. He sprinkled the blood over the mercy seat. And if he's still alive, 
God's accepted that blood, accepted his, his purification before God. And then the high priest comes back, and his message is now, you've been pardoned another year. Your sins have been rolled back for another 360 days. We're okay for another year. God's been pleased with what's been offered to him. Now, Jesus says, I came that I might be not only a high priest, but merciful and faithful to represent you before God. Uh, Amazing. You mean Jesus is your best representative? I think so. Let me ask you, do you have anybody representing you in California Senate? Anybody representing you at the tax man's office? You don't have representation. I don't think you do. I've lost my vote in California for 30 years. They, they throw my vote in the trash can. I voted against same-sex marriage. And even though the popular vote won, the judicial system says that's unlawful. So why did we even vote on it? So I, I, my vote isn't going to go. I don't have anybody. I know my brother, when he was in politics heavy, got a guy's driver's license back just because he'd call a state representative. Boy needs his license. They sent it. It's great. I wish I knew somebody that well that had some real power. But you know what? I do have the Lord Jesus and no one less than him representing me before God. And he's faithful and he's merciful. He's, I'm glad I didn't say he's critical and he's cold and it doesn't matter. Get over what you're going through. He represents us as a merciful and faithful high priest. What else did he do? He came to make propitiation for the sins of the people. NIV has atonement. That's a nice word, but it, the atonement is broad word. Christ did many things, about 22 things he did on the cross. He redeemed, he reconciled, he propitiated, he did all, all kinds of... But when you say propitiation, it, it's a little hard for some people to say it has more than three vowels. Uh, it really emphasizes he took away everything about me that makes God angry. He, he removed everything about us that God's justice would have to judge and that God's justice needed to be satisfied. So Jesus comes and he said, Father, I will satisfy you once and for all on behalf of the sinners that I represent. Without Jesus, you don't have a representative before God. Without Jesus, you don't have anyone that can satisfy God's wrath against your sins. We think we're cool. We think we're our own men. God says, you're not. I must judge your sin. But when Jesus is received as your Savior... He also, you get the benefit, he has satisfied God 
thoroughly about anything you'll ever do that's wrong. I've had people ask me, said, well, otherwise I can go out and sin like everything. Go ahead and do it if you want to. Go ahead, sin. If you want to sin, go ahead. You heard it from me. I said you could do it. Go. You just prove you don't know him. Go ahead. There's no child of God wants to sin against the God that died for them. But you all sin. But we do it out of failure. We do it with regret. We do it. Uh, it's pain. You can't sin against a God you can call Father and it not pain you. He who says he's without sin is a liar, according to John. So we do sin. But I tell you, go to the one who represents you, and he will remind the Father, this is why I died. I died to satisfy you in regard to their sin. It is astounding. It's astounding. I'm so glad the Bible is above my mind. I could only understand it by the Spirit of God. See, if you don't believe the Bible, it doesn't change anything. It just makes you an unbeliever. You don't change this. You, but at least we could be staggered. And for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And the word able to help is run to the cry of a baby. He's able to run to the cry of his people for help. Now, was, was Jesus ever tempted? Let me, let me read some things. Have you ever been hungry? He was hungry. Ever been poor? He, though rich, became poor. Uh, ever been unfairly treated? He was unfairly treated. Ever been mocked? He was mocked. He was injured. He was lonely. He was betrayed. He was falsely accused. He was called the bastard child of Joseph and Mary. He uh, had a broken heart. He wept over Jerusalem. He was abused. He was abandoned. He was not believed. He endured suffering. He endured sickness. He endured torture. He's willing to die and died in the face of death. He was tested, tempted, unappreciated, faced singleness for stigma. He was a hated man all of his life. There is an effort to kill him from the time the word gets out. He's been born. Herod organizes some soldiers to kill the baby. You've never been tempted more than this one. Never tested more than this one. He became a man so he could sympathize with you. Do you feel lonely? Do you feel un misunderstood? Are, are you in sickness? Uh, chronic sick people, it's a lone. Pain begets no friends. Pain will isolate you and make you uh, lonely. See, those among us who have lived with chronic pain, you, after a while you get tired of people asking, how are you doing? And you say, well, well, I'm hurting. He said, well, that's what you said the last time. 
Say, well, I was hurting the last time. Well, do you have another story? No, no, the, the, the story goes on. I'm in pain. I live with pain. I hurt. I live with loneliness. I don't like this season. My husband's gone. My wife's gone. I buried children. We buried my brother Paul a year ago. We can't believe he's gone, but he is. Pain. Misunderstanding. We used to sing a song, no one understands like Jesus, and you're absolutely right. No one does. Singleness. I won't be fulfilled until I'm married or I have a significant boyfriend or I I want relationship. I don't want my present status. Who understands? Jesus says, "I, I can sympathize with you. You see, it's interesting. In Greek, Greek mythology and Greek religion, their gods were all, the goal was to be distant. Be distant. Matter of fact, there was a philosophical group that came off of Greek paganism called the Stoics. And Stoics were a brutal bunch. They were taught to never cry. They were taught never to show emotion. They would train their young boys by killing their pet in front of them. And the boy could not shed a tear. That was part of the training. You think of it as a soldier. You are so no emotion. For they said, if the gods can feel, they can be manipulated. And now God comes among us. He said, I can feel. I want to feel. I want to feel your pain. I want to feel the ache. It's amazing Christians started hospitals. Christians started so many leprosariums because Christians have a Savior that says you can't be bad enough for God to be interested in you. You can't be bad off enough for God to visit you. This is why I came. This is why I came. Seven reasons. He came because he cares. He came in order to die for us. He came To begin a family of brothers. He came to defeat death and the devil. He came that he might represent us. He came to satisfy God's anger against us. And he came so he could sympathize. Sympathize with us. I just saw a special. The other night I just fell into it accidentally. And it was uh, a special regarding Pearl Harbor Day, December 7th, 1941. Anybody remember Pearl Harbor Day? Anybody alive? I was born three years after it. Pearl Harbor Day. And they had a remarkable story there about a guy named Joseph George. Joseph George came up in a rescue vessel, the Vestal, V-E-S-T-A-L, came alongside of the Arizona when it was on fire. They showed a picture of one sailor who had 70% of his body burnt. And Joseph, this rugged, hard-drinking, rowdy kind of a sailor, he came up and was on the deck of that vessel, and he took a rope 
I can't imagine the story. This is what they said. They were up here. And he took that rope. And they said in the documentary, he threw it 70 feet, which I, I, I find incredible. I mean, light rope I can see, but whatever he's handling. Whoa! He threw it up, tie it off. And Joseph goes up and down. And he's showing these men on the burning Arizona. Some of them already on fire have escaped. He's showing them, come down this rope that I just hurled, that we just attached. Come down. Come down and we'll get you off this burning inferno. He saved six men. Never got any recognition for it. And the documentaries showed how they tracked down these men. I think three of them still living in their 90s. And the son of one of the men that survived petitioned and went all the way to the congressman of the Arizona, congressman of Colorado. Some, the man was from Colorado. Finally got all the way to Trump's office. So it must have happened in 2017. Finally got the Naval Department to say this man saved our life. And he showed the picture of this man. Had him, his son, and his grandchildren. He said none of this would have ever happened had he not thrown us the rope. Had he not been able to show us how to crawl across there. One man spent a year in the burn center at one of our hospitals to survive. And they finally, on the deck of the Arizona in 2017, they gave to his daughter the bronze star for heroism. Well, let me tell you this. We were on a burning ship called Humanity. And Jesus didn't throw us a rope. He came down. He got on board. And he rescued us one by one. He's my hero. He's my savior. I don't know why I can't give him away better. Why I can't represent him. The old songwriter Charles Wesley said, Oh, for a thousand tongues my Redeemer's praise to sing. We're all stammers when it comes to describing him. But Hebrews says, He became a man not to help angels, but to help you. You've got a great Savior today. I wish we could see him for fresh and anew. Our Father, there's often a broken heart on every pew. And I don't know how many broken hearts, lonely hearts, hurting bodies, misunderstood, unappreciated, falsely accused, suffering, suffering, suffering. It seems to be the human condition. But we have one who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities and asks, could I save you from your sins? Would you let me become the Lord of your life? Father, if there's anyone here today hearing your word And who has never put faith in Christ for themselves. I ask that you would save them. I can't save them. 
Only you, you didn't ask me to save them. You told me to tell them how to be saved. If they would but place faith in a crucified, risen, living Savior, they will have their sins forgiven. Death in their life will change forever because now they will have made arrangements with him who's the undertaker, Christ, the resurrection and the life. Oh, Father, what a great Savior we have in Jesus. Us poor men stagger trying to describe you. We can't improve, Father, on what you said about him. We believe it. We rest in it. We're going to heaven because of it. We bless your name forever. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone, and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.